You're listening to episode 36 of the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast. You are listening to the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, a show about living simply and sustainably with your family. Here's your host, Stephanie Safarian. Hi there. Today we are talking about minimalism and how it is such an easy principle to apply to not only our homes, but also to our heads and to our hearts. Minimalism is about clearing clutter from our homes, but it's not just about that, or it doesn't have to be just about that. We often live our lives in reaction to what comes our way, and that means we leave no space for extra. It's similar to a cluttered countertop, right? If the countertop is cluttered, there's no room for the other stuff we may want to put on top. It's the same with our heads and the same with our hearts. So that's what we're getting into today. We're applying minimalism to our heads, to our hearts, so that we can truly live in the moment and not wait for one day. My guest today is Ashley Logsdon. She is a fellow podcaster and parenting coach. She provides tools and action steps to aid families in creating the lives they love to come home to. Now, Ashley generously created a free principle for this episode. So if you are thinking about perhaps applying minimalism and those clear countertops to the bigger parts of your life, definitely check out the free principle that Ashley created for you. The free PDF has clear action steps, and the best part is they're incremental action steps for clearing the clutter in all aspects of your life. You can pick up this free principle as well as all the show notes at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 036. Enjoy the interview. Ashley, thanks so much for coming on. How you doing? I am doing wonderful. Thank you for having me on. I, I mean, even the name of your podcast just is an instant attraction for me. So I think we've got a lot of things to connect on. Thank you. So why don't we start by you telling us all about yourself? All right. All about myself. So uh, what I do as a marriage and family coach, I have the, my company is Mama Says Namaste. And what I really like to do is take families uh, kind of going from that chaos and reaction mode to living a life of intention, not waiting for one day, and really talk, talking together to create that story and that family that they love to come home to. So I do this through my podcast, through blogging. I coach families, and I also have some personality snapshots, which I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about. And so I, I provide some tools and action steps to really help families to be intentional and not li let life just happen to them. The other part of it is just on the personal side. My husband, Nathan, and I have been married for 14 years. We have three girls, ages 11, 8, and 5. And we have been RVing the States full time for almost two years. So we are actually on state number 47. And I think it's next in a week and a half, we will land on our 48th state. So lots of celebrating. That's amazing. I can't even imagine the experiences your daughters are receiving from this adventure. It's It's been pretty incredible to see. And of course, people always ask about the schooling. And uh, we unschool. And I speak a lot about my concept of functional education on my Facebook lives and on my website. And I uh, the just the opportunities that they have gotten with the hands-on learning and being able to 
band saw wet owls and work with an ornithologist or simply just, you know, learning geography, not because I'm making them memorize the states, but because they're, they're reciting them as they're living in each state, which has been just such a cool thing to see how much they've been internally motivated to learn and how that's just exploded their, their knowledge of this beautiful world we live in. I was so excited to find you and have you on the podcast because you have a lot to say about the one day syndrome. Why don't we start by just defining what on earth is the one day syndrome? The one day syndrome, you hear it so often. One day I'm going to go RV the States. One day I'm going to go to New Zealand. One day I am, you know, going to do that hike or that special date with my kids. There's so many one days and they can be super little or they can be super big. But the issue is it will always remain one day until you put a date on it. And that's what that was a huge shift for me. And um, this actually the, the big changing point for our family was in 2015 as we were, uh, I say 2015, it was 2014 that this happened. It was our 10 year anniversary and we were celebrating for that one day moment where we actually took a trip without our children. And we went and did a whole getaway. And during this getaway, I was reading Danielle Laporte's book, The Firestarter Sessions. And she talks about creating a goal. And then she talks about what's that feeling behind the goal. And as I started to dig into this, and as Nathan and I talked about it, we started to see, what is our goal? One day, it's to travel. Okay, well, what's the feeling behind that? I want that feeling of awe, of seeing and experiencing new things and wonder. And when I got even deeper to it, it was, I want to be in that present moment. I want to be intentional about creating those moments of being super present. And I can do that now. And so we came back and we started looking at how can we, in, how can we incorporate those feelings that I'm looking at? It's that far off one day goal. How can I incorporate those feelings now in the present moment? And how can I make that idea of travel actually happened. So we came back from that and I set a date. We wanted to go to Costa Rica. And so I booked the tickets for nine months out. We were going to go to Costa Rica for not just a week, not two weeks, but a full month. And that was, that was a huge, scary thing to do. And during the year of 2015, that was a very, epic year in our life where there was a lot of upheaval and turmoil, both in work and with extended family. And there was, there were so many things that could have sabotaged that happening, you know, us ever going and doing anything. But because we'd already set that date, because we've already made that commitment, we worked little by little to make it happen. And that was such a catalyst for change in our family and for us recognizing that Sometimes we put this glass ceiling on what we really can do and what's practical, and we don't ever go beyond that. But just that one month broke that ceiling for me, and I recognized, okay, it is possible. What else is possible? And then we started looking at what do we want to do? We loved the lifestyle of, being, of, of hopping Airbnbs and traveling around this new country for a month, and we, you know, we thought, oh, we'll just go to that extreme, and we're going to go move to another country. And then we recognize there's so much of our own land we have not explored. And so, um, so we started looking and making those plans for RVing to happen. And it's not just my story, but in the, the amazing friendships and relationships we've made with these other traveling families, I hear this over and over again, where 
people are going, they're not looking at the obstacles as much as they are looking at the opportunities where they have, they're diagnosed with a, a terminal illness and they recognize their one day may never happen. So why are they, why are they toiling with their head down and hoping that one day they'll be able to get to it? And so they stop and they go, they travel with their family or they do other things and get intentional. Because when you are faced with the, the harsh reality that, I mean, it sounds morbid, but we're all going to die. And so when you're faced with that and you see that, you start to really question, is what I'm doing every day, is that, I mean, it, am I ready? Am I ready for that to happen? Can I, can I say I've lived a full life and I've, I've been able to do it? Or am I just putting it on hold, hoping that, you know, I've got rollover minutes in life to get to later? Yeah, you make an awful lot of important points. And although I have been fortunate enough in my life not to yet face fatality, I have a very similar experience, which is I was a young mom, home with a young baby. I thought I had it all, the home, the the child, the husband, the this, the that. And I wasn't enjoying any of it. And one day I woke up and I was like, is this it? And yes, it is it. But the problem is within me. I'm not enjoying my life. And so that's how I first found minimalism. And I'm wondering, what is minimalism to you? And how does it apply to healing from the one day syndrome? Oh man, uh, this is this is great timing too. I actually I've I've been working with a group right now of full time travelers and leading calls, and our call today was on minimalism. Uh, these are people that aren't just RV in the states, but they're looking at traveling abroad and everything else. And and that question comes up with what do I hold on to and what do I let go of? And what I talked to with them is that you know minimalism is so much more than just a clear countertop. That's, that's, the, that's the end result that a lot of people will see and address. But it's not just about clearing the clutter from your home, but it's clearing it from your head and from your heart. And really, if you start at that heart space, um, it gets a whole lot easier once you get to the house space. And so I think that's something where we don't necessarily always look at that. But minimalism is not about just eliminating things. You can be a minimalist and still have things and have things that that make you come alive. It's more about being very intentional about what you allow to bring weight into your home, your head, and your heart. So for your heart, it's the, um, it, it's what are you holding on to? What feelings do you possibly uh, are weighing you down and that you're not being able to let go of anger and resentment and um, obligation and fear um, and then it's looking at in your head that it, that mental clutter of your list of to do's and feeling frazzled and reacting to everything. When you handle those aspects of it and you let you let it flow and let it go and 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 don't hold on to that weight, then by the time you get to the house, it's a lot easier to make those decisions and have a little bit more clarity about what actual physical clutter you need in your home. Right. I've talked with an awful lot of minimalists, <laughs> and it often goes the other way, which is people start with the home, and they go for the clear countertops, right? That's certainly how it, how it started for me. And then when you take these principles that are so simple in nature but so powerful in practice, you then start to apply them to the head and the heart. 
And that's where I think the real power of minimalism lies. It's when you take like you wanting a clean house and you apply it to you really just want a clean and simple life. What does that look like for you? For me, I think that we definitely reduced, reduced, and reduced as we moved into a 200 and square, 240 square foot home. So we, we literally had to, you know, more than cut our house in half with the things that we brought. And not only that, we're talking literal weight. What is, what is heavy that we're bringing into our house? Not just figuratively speaking, but um, we, weight is definitely a factor. We can't bring all of my you know, rocks and crystals and books and things like that. They, you can't do that when you're in a travel trailer. So, um, so reducing the things out was a big one, but also, um, just starting to, uh, on the, on the mental and emotional side, uh, kind of letting go of what things mental and physical that I was holding onto out of obligation and that I felt was, I, I was supposed to do and kind of, uh, yeah, I think that's something that kind of fits for everything is it, as far as minimalism goes is looking at, okay, what do I need personally in my home, not keeping up with the Joneses or anything outside of that, but what's working for me in my home. You created an awesome free printable for today's episode, and it really talked about how you can apply minimalism to home, head, and heart in ways that are really just incremental and strategic. And I just wanted to thank you for creating it. So anybody who's interested in applying principles of minimalism to the bigger picture, definitely check it out. But you also talk an awful lot about creating vision statements for families. Can you talk more about that? Yes, we can spend so much time focusing on these you know, if you're an entrepreneur, especially focusing on your business statement, your vision statement, what's your business about? What's your avatar? Who are you speaking to? And what's the message you want to get across? And we get that on the business side. And you see that, and you know, in most businesses, you're going to see something along the lines of this and their core values and things like that. But sometimes we, oftentimes, we don't take that same consideration when it comes to family. And have you, do you sit down and talk about this is what I dream marriage is going to look like? Or does marriage kind of happen and you ease into the roles of comfort? Or when kids come along and there's so many curveballs coming at you, you go and you're simply reacting to what the next, what the next thing is versus being proactive on what you want it to look like. And so when I work with families, the first thing we do is we actually dive into understanding the personality styles and what the strengths are and what triggers those fears with the different family members. But then I have them all get together and really hash out what do they want their family to look like. And it's so powerful. It doesn't have to be super complicated. Our family vision is six words. I have small children. So when we created this, we did a big, and I have a, a blog that actually has a, a video series where you can, it walks you through these steps, but we created, you know, we all drew pictures, did a brain dump of, you know, I guess in some senses, almost like a vision board where everybody did words and pictures of things that were important. And then we pulled all of those to a list of words. And then we pulled those words down and brought it down to explore, respect, listen, connect, learn, and love. 
And in doing that, now it's not just mommy or daddy saying, hey, don't do that. But we have this, you know, this third party agreement. We all work together as a family and we can we can go up to them and we can say, you know, hey, you know, your sister's been asking you to stop for the past five minutes. What's our family vision? Explore, connect, listen. Oh, which one was that? And then we can kind of have them kind of take ownership and recognize when they aren't in alignment with that. So it's a great way to keep your family in alignment with what that, that common goal is and kind of empower your whole family that this is a team. We're working together to, to create this common goal. So I've seen it just be so powerful in helping families get on the same page. I absolutely love that. It's so easy to just get swept up with commitments and just the stresses of life. I think it must be so helpful to, you know, have a set of values. You say vision, but it's really like family values that everybody is on board with and that you can come back to when life inevitably does get stressful. Right. Very much so. And when we communicate our dreams and our expectations, then we start to create that story and and not just become a victim of circumstance where life happens. It's going to keep happening. That's why, you know, putting things off for one day, it's not going to happen because there's always going to be an exception. There's always going to be something else. And any parent knows that, you know, even with, I did a, a whole series on bedtime battles this week and, uh, you know, it's, it's inevitable. Even if you get it perfect, there's a growth spurt or family visits or a vacation or sickness and it's thrown out the window and uh, you might feel like you're back to square one. So there's always upheaval. There's always circumstances. Uh, so the more that we can get in alignment with, yes, what our family values are, what our vision is for the future and what our dreams are, the more we are cohesive as a team and as a family unit. What would you say to a mom or dad who really wants to just abandon the one-day syndrome and start living in the moment? What first steps would you offer? That the, the first step is simply a mindset shift. It's the fact that you are capable. I mean, it's, it's recognizing that you are the driver of your life, regardless of what other situations are going on. Nobody else can have control of your reactions and your response to the world unless you allow that. So when you start to take ownership of how you're going to react and respond and then start looking at just little shifts, I think sometimes what happens is families, they see the big picture and they want the big picture. And so they have the big lofty goal and it's so overwhelming they can't get to it. So when you break it down to little steps, and I mean, in the concept of minimalism, you know, how often you get that suggestion, just start with one drawer, not a whole room, just start with one drawer and clean it out. So if you want to shift into that one day mindset, just start with one experience, make it make an intention that this next weekend on a Saturday or a Sunday, you have a day of simply, you know, an adventure that your family does together, or a we're going to do an awareness walk. We're just going to walk around and maybe we all are looking at a different level and identifying a different thing. It's simply about choosing to be in that present moment and and seeing what that experience looks like. What is something that your family enjoys doing together? And then identifying those those little moments and just recognizing now, right now, I appreciate this moment that I'm in. Yeah. There was a phrase on your website that really stopped me in my tracks in a good way. 
it really made me look inward and really start thinking about the weightiness of different aspects of my own life. And on your website, you said how important it is to, quote, be careful about what you choose to bring into your home, your head, and your heart. Is it worth the wait? And I'm wondering if you could expound upon that a little bit. Well, um, I just a very personal story is I mentioned before that we had a lot of upheaval in 2015. My husband's parents, they, my husband came from a very close family, both brothers and his parents all are in Nashville. We were very close with them. And um, they ended up with a very, very traumatic uh, divorce this year that completely rocked, of course, the whole family to its core. Um, on top of that, we also had uh, multiple family members that were in rehab. And there was quite a bit between rehab and divorce procedures and the, the pain that everyone was feeling and our role being kind of the hero roles in our family, where we were the, the responsible ones that follow through with our parents and kind of take care of our parents and everything else. So we became the dumping grounds for all of this. And so we had a whole lot of negative, emotional, heavy weight. So we looked at, we have, we have to find some, a safe place. We have to find some stability and some consistency. And so one of the things we chose to do is to draw some clear boundaries around loving, but not taking on uh, other, you know, taking on the weight of everyone else's emotions. And we were, we were pretty clear on that. We have a very comfortable back porch with lots of seating. And so when family members would come over, we knew what the clear intention was in them coming over. We sat on the back porch and that didn't come into our home. Even just the conversations, the heaviness of those conversations, the toxicity that was happening, we didn't allow that into our home. On days that they weren't there, Nathan would come home and we would do the same thing in the evenings. We would sit outside and we would just defrag about the day. We'd shed anything that was heavy that we were feeling frustrated about or upset about and we would let it go and leave it. That was, that was so powerful in helping us to go get through this and to give some stability in the fact that we had a sacred space. We have a safe place in our home. And it's been really incredible to see this even, you know, with our children. Just yesterday, I was walking back from back to our campsite with my five-year-old who had gotten very upset on the beach because it was a long walk. And by the time she got there, she got wet and it was freezing. And she was very cold and frustrated and cranky. She was at her max. It had been a full day. And Nathan had had a pretty powerful talk to her that impacted her a lot about hugging her feelings and then letting them go. And so that's what she talked about on the way back is she sat in it and just in her anger and her frustration and she cried and we walked and then she started to talk her way through it and say, I was feeling very strong feelings, but I've hugged my feelings. I've done a reset and I'm ready to move on now. And I just thought, oh my gosh, that right there is the best validation that I can get that we don't shut out the feelings, the heaviness, the negativity. There are so many things in the world. It's not that we shut ourselves out and we just have this perfect bubble of, a, you know, perfectly clean home and everything else. 
It's just that we have decided that we will feel these feelings. We'll embrace the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we will be intentional about creating a beautiful spot to, to, re, to you know, reset and revitalize our mind, body, and soul so that we have the stamina to keep on going. Yeah, I, I'm trying, I'm racking my brain right now to think of that famous quote that everybody always quotes. <laughs> and I can't think of it, but essentially it says that you can't control what happens to you, but you can control your reaction. And it sounds like you're really instilling that in your children where life is not going to be so hot all the time. And you can't control that, but you can control your feelings and your emotions and how you respond. So I love that. Hug hug out your feelings. I'm going to implement that in my own house. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's such a beautiful thing too, because I mean, even us as parents, especially those feelings of, of feeling out of, out of control and overwhelmed. It's not just you. It's you, you have these tiny dictators in your home making demands all the time. There's so many things and it can, you can quickly spiral into that element of overwhelm and not knowing where to start. So recognizing the first place to start is the fact that you are in control of you and it's that personal responsibility can be sometimes be the only stabilizer you have in an element of crazy that can sometimes be your your foundational stronghold that allows you to be able to go through difficult situations or to be able to take a step back see the big picture and pinpoint the one thing you can focus in on that you can accomplish and get done Hmm, I love it. For listeners who are looking for a little bit more intentionality and a little bit more mindfulness, where can they find you? My website is mamasaysnamaste.com and that's M-A-M-A. And I, there is, there's a great foundation for starting there and I focus in on six key areas. And so Kind of from there, that's where you can get to seeing the podcast and Instagram and Facebook. And I do Facebook Lives and all of that. But I focus in, it's all about that intentional family, but it highlights understanding personality styles, your marriage or your relation, your love and intimacy relationships, parenting, minimalism, including the clutter from your head, your home, and your heart, functional education, looking at lifelong learners, regardless of what your schooling preference is. And, um, and then not waiting for one day, seeking adventure together. Thank you so much, Ashley, for coming on. This has really been one of those conversations that will stay with me as I think about your wisdom and as it applies to my daily life. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. Namaste. So there you have it. I so hope you enjoyed that interview with Ashley Logsdon. Be sure to check out the show notes and grab the free PDF for helping you to clear the clutter in your head, your home, and your heart in the show notes at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 036, M-A-M-A minimalist.com forward slash 036. On next week's episode, we are getting artsy. We are getting creative with an artist who has dedicated her life to taking items that we would probably throw away and instead creating works of art. I will see you then. Take care. Bye-bye.